Hey, it's Wake Up With KC. I'm KC. And today, you know, when I'm talking about transformation, you got to change your mind, change your, your thoughts, how you feel and what you do. Well, what if acting can be a tool to help you transform your life? And I have a very special guest joining us today, Dale Niehaus. And Dale, thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you for taking the time out. I know you have been busy, and you know we've had a, a an interview scheduled, and you got a call for an audition, so there was a delay and the timing of everything. So I wish you best of success in that interview. Uh, can you share with the audience, you know, a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show, by the way, as well. Um, I actually am not originally from Oklahoma. I actually live here in Oklahoma now uh, in Norman. Um, but I'm originally from Southern Indiana, uh, actually Evansville, um, which, you know, I grew up there and acting. Um, I honestly didn't find until I moved out here, which was back in uh, 2016, whenever I actually found it and just did a play really fell in love with it and since then i've been actively actively pursuing it um and i've been in a range of things been in theater plays been in films been in commercials um just all around and it's an absolute blast in fact i just got out of a audition for a short film actually and where i'm playing a kind of a polish doctor so it's oh, I see the scrubs that you know what you do look like a doctor now just you know <laughs> looking at you well, thank you. Well, um, so you said you recently got into acting and, and you fell in love with it. Um, is it like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like what age group are we talking about when you discovered like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I love to do. Well, you know, um, finding it at uh, what age was I when I found acting? About 35 is when I actually found it. Um you know, some people, they find a lot younger. Now, when I was a kid, I did some plays in school, but I had such a terrifying fear of being in front of people that even doing uh, speeches for class uh, was the most dreadful thing for me in the world. And actually, until I did that first play in 2016, I was still scared to be in front of people. But my then wife, now my ex, actually is the one that encouraged me to try it just because of, hey, you know what, it might be fun for you. And Honestly, it's the best thing that I did because I got over my fear of being in front of people talking. And, um, but yeah, I found it in my mid thirties and now I'm 41. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, but I've known actors that didn't even get into the game until they're after 50. Uh, and I've known actors that started when they were kids. So that's a good thing about acting is you can be any age, no matter how young or how old, and you can always start at it. And you know what, you just, I was just going to, you know, add to that, but you did it for me. So thank you. Um, so I'm, I always talk about transformation. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we have limited beliefs, mental programmings, emotional, energetic traumas. So, you know, how do you change, you know, from where you're at to where you want to be and become who you want to be. And I always say, you know, transform to be the best version of yourself so you can live your best life now. Mm -hmm. Would you agree that in a way you sort of have to act? Yeah. And 
like practicing, rehearsing, being a character or role that the person that you want to become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely do. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, you're having to practice. If you get a script and let's say, you know, you audition, you still have to learn the lines in the script and you have to kind of learn your personal character of who, what, where, why, when, how, you know, who are they, why are they there, where are they at, all that stuff to better understand exactly why they're doing or saying what they're doing, you know, saying, and also adding a personal touch of yourself. But it does, it takes practice and all that to transform yourself into another person. Uh, and like with anything in life, actually, you know, if, let's say if you're wanting to become a master carpenter, uh, you absolutely, you know, have to do many things to kind of transform yourself to become that person. Or if you're trying to overcome some obstacle, uh, you absolutely, it takes work and patience and effort to be able to actually transform yourself in that person. And same with acting. It's something you have to put the work in for and the study uh, to actually become that other person you're trying to portray. So, I mean, I've heard other actors, you know, like famous celebrity actors and, you know, I've heard like they're pretty much say the same thing, but in different words. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have to really feel, you know, whatever that character is doing or saying, it's your attitude and the feeling and the energy that you're putting into that character. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, if you wanted to transform your life, you can write out this character, what it looks like, what it's doing, you know, how's it feel when it does what it does and pretty much play the role. Yeah, actually, yeah. to you know practice makes perfect that's what i keep saying oh yeah you can absolutely do that with regular life too if you want to be a certain person uh, if you want to be a certain way in life yeah write it out write the story out write the plan out of why who what and same thing and it honestly can work in real life too as well as acting and would you agree that uh like some people are stuck in that same role and they haven't decided to change roles Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of people out there that and it could be many things. It could be fear of change. It could be the fact that they just feel completely stuck and lost and not know where to go and have no direction. And yes, I believe people out there can be stuck in a certain role um, in their life and just can't get out of it because, like I said, they may be fear. Uh, it could be that they're lost and they just need some direction. And the same with an acting role, you know, you may end up not being able to perform because you're afraid or you feel stuck or you have no direction. And so, yeah, I absolutely believe that about life as well. Including the victim role. Like, yes. the, <laughs> I see a lot of that and it brings out negativity, like negative energy. Oh, it does. Mm -hmm. It absolutely. I've had friends of mine that were victims of some form of abu abusive relationship and they um, just were stuck in that situation. And a lot of it was because not only were they afraid of what the abuser was going to do, but also too of afraid of starting over. And that's kind of where they get stuck in that loop that they can't escape unless they do make a change. And I've known people that were lucky enough to get out of that situation. And I'm, I'm so grateful that they did. 
but unfortunately it happens a lot. I'm one of those people. Really? Yep. And I just got to the point where I actually, I was already in my second marriage and it was mentally, verbally, emotionally abusive. I'm so sorry. And I was like, is this all there is to life? Like, this is it? Like, did I come here just to deal with this, experience this, and this is all there is? I don't want to be here. Yeah. And I'm like, but if there, if the grass is greener on the other side, from where I'm standing, then show me. I, I just felt so adamant and frustrated and a little angry. Well, yeah, of course. And and that's when it was like a pivotal change. Like some, I experienced something and then it just started my journey. One, awakening. And two, just like a God realization of, wow, oh my God, I had it all wrong. We have it all wrong, you know. Oh, wow, you know. <laughs> and it is. Life is here to experience and would you agree that you know we're here to experience many things in life and it's a s somewhat similar with acting because you could play different roles yes you absolutely can you can play different roles and yes life is about experiencing and in my opinion i, I think life itself can be easily is so easily compared with acting i mean just in your regular self i mean you know, one role, you're a mom, if you're a parent or not. And another role, if you're in a relationship, you're, you know, somebody else in a significant other. Another role, you could be a teacher or whatever. And so life is about experiencing all kinds of different things. And we all play these different roles. And it, it just can all kind of intertwine. But yeah, actually, life is a good comparison to acting. It absolutely is. I like that. <laughs> oh, thanks. I just that that's how I'm comparing it. And it just makes sense. It really does. It absolutely does, you know. And that's the thing about acting roles I do love is because a good actor will not only portray the role as it's supposed to be, but they will also put parts of themselves into it. And so it kind of becomes very personable to them because they're actually feeling what that character is feeling or, or thinking. If they're happy, they're sad. And it's and same thing in life, you know or whether you're a parent or something you go through so many struggles and you're always trying to find ways to to perform that role better in life and sometimes we don't always do the best job that we can unfortunately but hopefully there's always a chance better tomorrow you know right and seeing documentaries and you know i i was looking at some of the war you know, movies and documentaries. They're always documentaries. I'm into documentaries. I'm not into so much, some sci-fi, yeah. But when it comes to documentaries, it's like, I know how the film industry can sort of exaggerate certain things and whatnot. So I, I just go in and get the pieces that I can cross-reference and research, mm -hmm. actually, Okay, that did happen. Oh, they're getting a little crazy on that one, but and understanding and going back in time, I'm like, wow, seems like we're repeating history. Just the clothing and 
you know, the hairstyles have changed and the weapons have changed, but it's like, we're doing the same thing over and over again. And <laughs> like, what's the purpose and why? And then being an actor playing those kind of roles where there's violence and hatred and killing and, and whatnot. I, I just don't think I can do that. <laughs> so, and then like, what kind of vibe, what kind of energy does that create in a collective way? Yeah, it's to play a character that ends up, you know, like say a soldier, like, you know, the, we were soldiers film, you know, that's a good one for instance, which I really do like that one. It's, I heard that was a, a really good portrayal of that incident in Vietnam. Um, but for like, say if somebody's cast as a role as an abuser, um, you know, it's hard for them to probably get into that mindset, but also too, I've known a lot of actors that went into a darker role and they had to, at times between takes, they had to go off and calm their self because it was so overwhelming because they were playing something that just was absolutely horrible. Uh, or like you, you said, violence too, you know, playing, uh, like I said, I brought up a soldier and it's almost like you're trying to understand why this person is the way they are or why they're there. Uh, obviously a soldier, they're there uh, fighting a conflict uh, because they believe in something bigger than themselves. Um, an abuser, obviously there's something happened in their past to make them so angry that they just ha absolutely just take it out on somebody. But it's hard to get in the mindset of playing these roles. It really is. I mean, for, they, they all need to be told, you know, especially if it's a documentary or a movie based off real life and there's uh, like... I, I'm trying to think of a good example of a film to where, uh, well, well, like in Shawshank Redemption with the, the scene where the guys were attacking Andy, um, you know, no, that wasn't, that wasn't based off reality. I'm sorry. I'm getting completely sidetracked, but, uh, but it's, it's just to get into that mindset. I, it's, it's very emotional. And then to be able to come back out of that, it's very hard. In fact, I've known a lot of actors that have played some really dark roles that, it took them a while to be able to, you know, to be able to come back out of that to where they didn't feel like absolute, you know, crap because they had to play a character like that, but they did a good job. Um, but it's, it's very hard, very emotional, uh, taxing on the, on the actor. Well, you know, because I honestly, I do not believe that we were created to kill. No, I don't. And it, does something to you and when you're taught it you know and then the deception of having because going back in history you know from i mean i go like four hundred fifty thousand years back yeah like there was civilization that long ago <laughs> And we're, we're so small-minded that we don't even think further back. Mm -mm. You know, and how the misconceptions of our origins and how we were created, you know, as primitive workers, I'm like, holy cow. You know, I look at the time of um, Alexander the Great and, you know, the gladiators, the Romans, and then there was, you know, the Sumerians. Oh, Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, so, and I'm a visual person. So, okay, 
show me the map. Sumerians were over here. And a lot of, if you look back in that time, all the continents were somewhat of a cluster together. Mm -hmm. And then something, um, a catastrophe happened and it sort of separated everybody. So I was like, well, that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, you know, I don't know if you know about the, um, the Anunnaki from the Sumerian texts writings and whatnot. No. Uh, it, it's very interesting and it goes really in, in depth, but it, they stationed themselves in, in seven parts and, and there was other civilizations on top of that before they came. So I find that fascinating. Yeah, but that is. Started wars. It was like, okay, you guys are fighting am amongst each other, and then you got the human beings to fight for your battles, to fight against each other, to conquer and divide and take over the lands and whatnot. I'm like, wow, we are one big messed up family. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right, actually. And, I, and I'm just looking around like, wow. And I'm like, so what do we do to change what we see with all the hatred and the violence? And how can acting help make that difference? You know, I think when you get stories that are told out there that honestly try to portray and show a better way of life and less violence, um, the right actor can actually move and motivate people. I mean, you look at a lot of films out there, a great actor can obviously motivate um, people. And there was a film I watched recently uh, called American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. And it was a really fun one. I was a background extra on that project. Um, but Zach Levi plays Kurt Warner in it. And it's all about a person that has all, everything against life coming at him. And all he wants to do is be a pro football player. And he never gives up his dream, but he obviously is throwing every hurdle that he can have thrown at him. And it looks like everything's against him, but he keeps going and going until he makes it. And forever grateful for that. And that was very moving and motivating. Um, a lot of people cried. A lot of people were motivated to be able to keep going, to follow their dreams. And so when you get something like that, and maybe a, a story or something that talks about putting guns down and violence down and just trying to be peaceful with one another. A right story and a right crew, right actors could honestly portray that and motivate and make people feel something and move them. And that's the great thing about acting. If you have an actor that is really good at what they do, not only does it not look like they're acting, but they're able to move an audience whether their words or their movement or their emotions and you've you know there's a lot of good movies out there that do that and so I, acting wise can absolutely spread some positivity in the world even mm -hmm. if it's for a couple hours of watching it can spread something for sure and you mentioned that that movie and i was thinking of rudy rudy's another good one too by the way i loved watching that especially growing up in indiana and him with Notre Dame. I absolutely love Rudy. That's a really good one. I love that. I cried. I was just like, and I was like, go oh, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. 
That was a really, really good one about determination and not giving up. That was a heck of a heck of a good one right there. Yep. And uh, even though I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but um, a- it's still a good movie. Oh, I yeah. like movies like that. Me too. You know, love- um, even the one, uh, what was it? Oh my gosh, it has Will Smith in it. Uh, happy something. The Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. That was a really good, really good. Oh yeah. That, yeah. that perfect example of not giving up when everything is thrown at you. And that man being single father had everything thrown at him trying to get to wall street and be a, all that. That was who it was intense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so what, okay. You just went for an audition. And like I said, I wish you the best of luck and success. Thank you. What other things are projects that you're looking forward to doing? Well, there's actually two that I'm still filming. Um, there's a short film that I'm going back this Sunday, if thing everything works out right, to finish my scenes on called Escape. It's uh, it's about a, a, a wife or a fiance that actually hires a hitman to kidnap her fiance and try to get information out of him. And I actually play the hitman in that one. Speaking of playing bad guys, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of, it's been a fun one. Um, so there's that one. That's a, a little short film that's going on in Oklahoma and uh, it should be released sometime late spring. I don't know where yet, but I will definitely find out. And then a series I'm on called the Joneses. It's kind of like a comedy slash drama and deals with a family called the Joneses. And that I actually play a doctor and um, it's we're still finishing filming on that, and I don't know where it's going to be released, but it's going to be distributed, though. I did find that out, uh, but it's kind of a it's for the whole family. The whole family can watch it. Um, they wanted to try to make it to where it was appropriate for all ages. It deals with every daily things like you can you can obviously uh, relate to any of the characters because you have the husband and wife. I'm the doctor. She's the lawyer. They constantly you know give that look to each other like, are you serious? Um, you have the grown kids that live at home in twenties who obviously need to move out, but they work and they live at home and still mooch off mom and dad. Hello. Who doesn't have kids like that? Uh, and then you've got some uh, relative that is completely just throwing a wrench in everything. And, and we have that too. It's her sister. And so it's just a whole around family. It's almost, I almost want to say it's like mixing Roseanne with uh, modern family because, if you remember, I don't know if you ever seen Modern Family, but how every once in a while, like some of the, or even the office to where some of the characters are actually talking to the camera, like they're being interviewed. Um, we do some of that in the show too. And it's kind of like, almost like a venting session about the other members of the family. You know, it's, it's really cool. But um, those are the the two big ones that, um, that I've got working on. And there's another show that is not done. We haven't started filming yet, but it's called Lineage. Uh, it's really cool. It has, uh, I can't really talk too much about it, but it deals with some different uh, like, um, creatures in it. And it deals with these people that are kind of intertwined with it. And, um, some of the people are good. Some of the people bad. Some people are hunting the monster. Some people aren't. Uh, but that's also looking like it'll be distributed next year. I'm just not sure where yet. So there's, a few projects right there. And then obviously I audition probably I've been getting, um, 
every week for the last several months, I've been getting at least four auditions a week, sometimes seven. And, you know, just, just keep getting them and keep going for them. And sometimes I get a call back. Sometimes, Hey, I don't hear anything back, but it's just the numbers game. Basically. Wow. And everybody's still doing the safety guidelines do like masks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, some of the smaller productions, you know, um, they may not as much, but because they also have more space between people, but yeah, most of the productions anymore. Yes. Masks are required on set until filming's going on, which means most of the crew has to wear a mask at all times. Actors obviously wear them until they get ready to call action. Like an American underdog, we had to wear a mask until it was time to uh, do the scene. Uh, and then COVID testing, um, they're doing, if I'm correct, they're doing at least two a week on most production sets, if not more, um, just to make sure they're trying to make sure that uh, everybody is healthy and there's no chance of spreading COVID. So, they're taking all safety measures seriously when it comes to that because they want to still make productions, but also do it safely. And so that way everybody can hopefully go home safe without being sick. So, yes. Wow. And uh, since you're doing a film with, uh, I guess, being a hitman, mm -hmm. so there's a gun involved and this there's, there's no gun in this one, actually. Oh. Um, oh. It's a crowbar. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> but but now with, I mean, Alec Baldwin, with what happened to him, it's, it's a, a tragedy. And with between the COVID, the settings, you know, uh, and whatnot, I know accidents happen and you know, with everything going on that I, I just can't even imagine, you know, that whole experience. So what do you think the industry is doing now to prevent any further incidents like that? I've heard of a lot of productions that not only if there has to be a weapon on set, they have an actual weapons master there that actually is trained on the proper use of weapons and discharging. And what I'm hearing too is they're not only checking it, but they're handing it to the specific actor that is supposed to use it. And they're having showing the actor, hey, this thing is empty. And if they're using blanks, whatever else, they're showing them it's blanks. And they're having the actor check it as well. And then whenever the scene is done, the actor is taking it back to the person that is in charge. And they're not only showing the person, hey, this thing is empty. It doesn't have any live ammunition. In, and then the other person takes it and they're checking as well. They're taking absolute priority and safety with that. Since, Especially since that happened, um, they're taking it very seriously because that was... I don't know. I wasn't on the set, so I don't know what happened, but something obviously went majorly wrong to where a weapon was not checked properly. And that's ridiculous because you should be able to feel safe being on a set with a weapon, even if it's a prop gun, you should still be able to safe. And, and that's with any production, whether it's a rubber crowbar, which, you know, by the way, in the film I'm doing, it's a rubber crowbar we're using. It's not any danger hurting anybody, but we're still checking it. Whenever we get the weapon, we're checking to make sure, okay, Hey, this is safe. We go over exactly what we're going to do safely, and then we film it. We do it very safely. 
And we always, with the other actor, let's say for the scene where I've got to hit him with a crowbar. Um, we go over it and we choreograph it several times to make sure, okay, we're going to do it this way. Are you fine with that? And okay, I hit you this way. Is that okay? We make sure we go over everything to a fine point to make sure that everybody is safe. And a lot of productions are doing that now. They absolutely make sure that there is somebody there that is properly trained on proper weapon use and discharging to make sure they handle the weapons and they hand them to the right person to make sure they are safely there, to make sure they are not fully loaded. They are not, there's no live ammunition in there. And when they get them back, they double check it again. And so does the other person. So they are taking this very seriously. Wow. Uh, yeah, because I, I see even TV shows, you know, and the movies when there's, you know, military. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work <laughs> to make yeah. sure. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. And when you're trying to show something that has to deal with that, I mean, wow, it, it's just astounding to me, and it's unfortunate that that happened. I feel it's like your heart, you know, goes out, you know, to Alec and, you know, the person that passed away, their family. There's there's no winners in that at all, you know, no matter what happened or who, who was responsible for what, I mean, it's still... Somebody at the end of the day, people died. Um, somebody's being blamed. It's just not good all around. I mean, the only the only good thing that came out from this is it made a lot of productions realize that we need to be more careful and we need to be safer about what we're doing. I mean, it's not good all around what happened, but it did make people pay more attention and realize that we need to really, really be careful what we're doing because it's. I mean, then there's times where, I mean, if you remember right in um, The Crow with Brandon Lee, uh, I think the same thing happened with yes. him. What I think was his, though, if I'm correct, I don't know if it was a live round or if it was a blank. No, but it was some, a live round. It was? Okay. Okay. It so was the same you. scenario. He was, I think, on top of the that table in the conference room when they were getting ready to do the scene. Yeah. And there was, I, I like, what, five, seven people? That he was getting ready to, and then it shot him. Yeah, and that was because. And I loved that movie. That that's one of the movies I like. I mean, uh, not into that, violence, but The Crow. Oof. Yeah. yeah I, I love The Crow, Harold. I've been, of course, I've been a fan of his dad. You know, for many years, even before that, Bruce Lee. And uh, but yeah, I was a fan of Brandon Lee from day one, and just hearing about that happen just just tore me up. But you, it's just crazy to think that that it and even recently that happened that there are times on film sets that just that stuff happens, but it shouldn't, you know? And I think now maybe because of all this that has happened, that maybe it won't happen again, that they're going to be a lot more extra careful. And I really hope so. And, and I look at it in this perspective and, you know, God bless the, that woman. What if the, her whole purpose was just for that? Yeah, it's insane. So less accidents happen and the industry sort of, because it seems like they slipped off when uh, Brandon Lee. Yeah. And it seems like, okay, you guys are going back to old habits and, you know, you're doing something in, in the arts that, hey, everybody, <laughs> you know, who knows? But I mean, it was just a thought that came in like, well, what if that was her purpose? 
just to you know i don't know i'm just it, it, it it's interesting oh yeah no it is it's that's and i mean that's very interesting i mean i'm i hope that wasn't her purpose but i mean because of what happened now they've taken extra safety protocols i mean it sucks that it happened it really does there's no mm -hmm. win I'm, but i mean i'm i'm glad that productions are now taking safety pro protocols to make sure that type of stuff doesn't happen again so i am very grateful for that yes me too and what else can there was something else i wanted to ask you sure oh okay yes i i remember now uh is there if a audition came to do like a sci-fi uh role would that be something that you, you would be passionate about getting involved in oh you kidding i grew up being a sci-fi fan i mean i grew up watching star wars star trek um reading Dragonlance novels lord of the rings all that stuff are you kidding i love sci-fi absolutely if there was an audition that came for a sci-fi project I would be all over that trying to get onto that project. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved E.T. And D. Wallace, she played the, the mom. Yes. And she also played in Cujo. She was my su superhero back in the day. That's right. She did, didn't she? Yeah. The whole part of the whole scene in the movie, she's in the freaking car. I know that movie scared me as a kid. Scared really? me. Oh yeah. When I was a, I ended up watching it. I mean, my parents at the time, they ended up letting me watch it. I can't remember how old I was, but just seeing that killer dog in there, that, that scared me. <laughs> but here's the thing that was confusing to me. My aunt and uncle, they raised St. Bernard's and that's not how they act. So I was like, and then it got bit by, uh, I think some bats that had rabies. So it went, rabbit so i've never seen a dog go rabbit before so that's apparently what happened with that one but it was just like how did you get through that shoes believe it or not i mean you can check it out on on one of my episodes and see it on my youtube channel but she was i think she said there was 12 dogs st bernard's with the trainer and all they were doing was trying to get their toy i was like what what really <laughs> yes you gotta go check that episode out. I was like, well, that's interesting. She goes, and it was cold. And I'm like, it was? She goes, yeah, we were freezing and poor um, I forget his name, was shivering. So Aww. she asked the director, hey, can we get a heater? You know, in the car. And they went up you don't see it, but they got a heater in that car because they spent majority of their time in that little pinto. And honestly, when it comes to film sets. There have been times I was on a film set that you had to pretend that it was 20 degrees outside. And it was 90. There's times where you had to pretend it was 90 degrees outside and it was 20. Um, so I can definitely foresee that happening. Um, and also, too, there was a short film that I was in that um, it was uh, I played a basically a corpse. And so I was laying in a watery grave, not very deep. It was very like shallow but there was water in there and on top of me and in Oklahoma, the winds can get kind of strong and it was about 50 degrees outside, maybe 55. And that water was freezing cold. And so between takes, I was shivering. And uh, so, but then whenever it was time for action, I had to sit there and lay as still as I could. And believe me, it was a challenge. So yeah, I can kind of 
uh, feel for her when it comes to the being cold in a scene and trying to pretend like it's not. It's uh, it's definitely uh, an art in itself. <laughs> well, do they take safety measures, measures to like help keep your so you don't get hypothermia oh. or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of times, like if let's say and I say 20 degrees, but reality, if it's usually that cold outside, they're not doing scenes like that. Usually it's about 40 or so. Um, yeah, a lot of times between takes, like for the actors at even the background, they would put jackets or coats back on. And then they also have heaters in place, too, if they need to warm up. But yeah, in between takes, a lot of times they're putting their winter coats on and everything to stay warm. And then when it's time to do action, they just have to take them off and and then just pretend like it's, hey, it's warm outside, you know? But yeah, they absolutely have safety measures in place to make sure that people are not getting sick and not freezing to death. Um, they're up more. Production's main concern is, you know, obviously getting the production done right, but also the safety of their actors and their crew. So they absolutely take that very seriously. Well, that's good to know. And, you know, in case one day I feel like acting, but I'm, I'm acting now in a way, I think. Yes. You are. I, I like being my true authentic self. So that <laughs> is the biggest act for me. It's just being myself. Okay. And would it be safe to say that like sometimes acting brings that out in everyone that like their true authentic self at times? I think so. I mean, I think as an actor, when you're trying to portray so many characters, you almost end up finding your authentic self in a sense because you're you're looking at a character and you're trying to put yourself in that position, but then you're also looking at your life too and like, okay, what would I do? And so it kind of forces you in a way to try to figure out your authentic self, you know? Um, and sometimes in acting, you can get lost too. I mean, you can absolutely get lost and forget who you are. But there's many times where I had to do a role, research a role and... I had to think for myself, what would I do? And then it kind of caused me to kind of go into thinking, well, maybe I would do this. And then like, okay, so this, okay. So it, it kind of does force you to kind of realize who you are at times, in my opinion. I mean, not always, but I think it definitely helps sometimes to kind of figure out your authentic self for sure. And then like playing certain roles, like a negative role or like, how would you know, the difference between what it's like in one area of experiencing something and then the not experiencing it. You have to experience a little bit of both. So when you're playing an opposite role of somebody that's abusive, when you're not abusive, then, you know what I'm saying? And then playing a role of being a victim, you understand because you're not truly experiencing it, but you're playing a part of, of one or the other, the victim or the abuser. Right. Where you could show compassion now and what it's like in, I guess, this reality of how people behave. Yeah. Would you think, I mean, I'm just asking, like, do actors actually get that sort of concept? Like, wow, I didn't know what it was like until I played this role. You know, yes, I do believe so. I mean, um, there's there's those out there that have experienced it and those that haven't. I think when, let's say they're playing a, a role of, of someone who beats his wife or something or, or hits his kids or anything else, um, 
a lot of times they'll research that type of, of person. They'll look at maybe like examples in history of people and kind of study that person a little bit and try to get into the, the mindset of maybe why they did what they did. Uh, but then they also kind of learn more about the victim side as well so they can understand both sides. And then they realize, wow, I can't believe what this person went through. And a lot of times when they're playing that type of role, um, to be able to get in that mindset, uh, it like I was saying earlier, it's very emotionally taxing. And a lot of times they absolutely hate what they're playing sometimes, but it's necessary. And it takes a toll. And a lot of times, like I've known actors that after the scene was done, they had to go off for while to be able to get their head calmed down because they had to go to a dark place they didn't want to go to. Um, but I absolutely believe that by, if you have to play one of those roles, um, you absolutely learn both sides of it. And then you can really truly sympathize for a victim that truly was put through that. And it just, it's heartbreaking to imagine anybody would be ever in that type of situation. Yes. And it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could play that role. I even, when um, D. Wallace played that mom, I was like, I couldn't imagine. Like, and I'm a mom. Yeah. Because I wasn't even a mom. I just had a mom. <laughs> so she, you know, um, it, it was truly, thank you for taking the time. Sure. In your busy schedule. I'm, I'm glad I, we didn't miss each other. And, Me too. you know. I do wish that the your audition is a success and you get a second callback. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it went really well. I think they're going to um, have me come in and read again for it, the way they were sounding, because they really liked my uh, my accent that I did in there and the character. They said that I really like studied it and kind of got into the mindset of the the character, and uh, so. Sounds promising, but like with anything, I just kind of, when I get done with an audition, I'm like, eh, like piece of paper, like throw it up, throw it away. I'm like, just kind of put it out of your head because it, with any, like with any actor, you know, you, if you get so many auditions and you sit and think about each one, it drives you crazy. So when you get done with the audition, just throw it away and move on. And then if you get a call back, Hey, it's a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what kind of advice can you give to a young inspiring actor or actress that wants to get into the, in, into the industry? Well, um, obviously it's, uh, it's a game, uh, not a game. Um, it definitely has the challenges. Um, it definitely has the moments to where you're, you're going to actually, even to this day, I still have moments where I'm like, uh, do I want to quit? Um, but what I suggest anybody, especially if you've never been on a film set, one good way to get some experience is get, doing background um, on a bigger film set. Um, like I was, I've done background on, on a ton. Like I was background in the film Reagan uh, with Dennis Quaid. Um, and it gives you an idea not only of being on a film set and all everything goes into it. And also too, that the times, you know, you may hear, well, there's, you know, working about six hours and it may end up going to 10. Um so it can fluctuate, but then also too, you can find out that the, the movements and just doing stuff over and over again and kind of get a, a feel for that. And also too, it gives you a chance to network with other actors and that honestly networking is key. It's a good way to get communication and also get your name out there. Um, something I also suggest to up and coming aspiring actors and is to not only get a proper headshot, which gives 
casting directors a visual of what you look like. That way they can know, okay, I can cast this person because they're bald or they have long hair or whatever. Uh, and then another good thing too is as you start doing projects is build an acting resume because a headshot and resume are going to be two things that a casting director looks at to see number one, what you look like, number two, what kind of experience you have. And mm -hmm. as you continue your acting journey, um, you will add more to it. You'll delete some stuff um, because anybody who's been in a long time enough eventually will want to start taking their background stuff off their resume and put more of the speaking stuff. Although I know people that in the bigger markets like LA and Georgia, that all their full-time job is background work. Um, they do it, they make really good money at it and they love it. And it's honestly, there's a lot of people that do. But um, another thing I suggest too. You well, know, hold up, uh, uh, Dale. What is background for people that don't understand that? I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Background acting. Um, let's say you're watching a film. Um, I'm trying to give a good example. Uh, well, like in, in, um, the Avengers and you see people running down the street in New York mm -hmm. or you see, um, in Deadpool, you see these people just walking down the street, just doing everything thing, or you see people sitting at a restaurant, but you don't actually hear them talking. That's background. That's people that are filling in the background for the scene, uh, for the, oh, main. Okay. so, cause like, okay. for instance, if you had like, let's say the Avengers film and they were coming out and there was no people there, it looked weird. Or if you were in a restaurant scene with two main actors, like in, in, uh, the Godfather or something, and it was completely empty, uh, it would look really strange just to have the two actors and nobody else there. So that background, they fill in the background for the scene and they're very important, uh, because obviously without them, you wouldn't be able to do the scene. Um, so what's the difference between background and extras? They're kind of in the same, really. Uh, background oh, okay. kind of the same. They're just called different things, but pretty much background and background extras, extras, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, they're just kind of extra fill-ins for the scene to uh, kind of tell the story. Uh, and then there is such a thing as featured extra where it's an extra that's featured really close on camera, um, maybe in the same scene as the main actor, and they're just kind of right there, but they don't have any lines. Um, that's what background and featured extras, uh, basically are. They just don't have any lines, but they're just kind of in there to fill the background. Oh, wow. Okay. Good to know. Hey, you learn something new every day. I'll try. Well, Dale, it sure, it, it was a pleasure. And I, again, thank you so much. I look forward to hearing more from you and what you're doing in your next projects. And I think we're losing you. Oh, there you are. You're sideways. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. But thank you again for joining. I wish you the best of success. Thank you. And please keep in touch. And I would love to have you back on again. I would absolutely love to be back on again. This was absolutely wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Ah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you go. I learn something new every day. And, you know, you never know who I'm going to get on my show. So you got to stay tuned. This is Wake Up With Casey. I'm Kimberly, or I'm Casey. <laughs>